All right, everybody, welcome. Filibuster Freestyle, quick intro. Marky Sal joining me momentarily after the theme song. Celtics, really big highlights from games one and two of the NBA Finals, but more importantly, let's get some outlandish predictions for game three and maybe even game four. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle. All right, everybody, he is back. Marky Sal joins us. We said, Marky, if you leave San Francisco one to one, you're halfway to where you want to be after four games as kind of a Young and up-and-coming Celtics squad that that has hopefully what it takes to get it done. So they do. They leave one. They leave one to one. Off the bat, how do you feel leaving San Francisco with a W? Uh, great, like like definitely great. And and if you look back on our conversation before, you know that's we're happy leaving California tied. Now at the same time. I do think that there's some things that that we've seen so far that says overall Golden State still shouldn't really feel they shouldn't be freaking out right now. No. They should still feel like they're kind of, you know, in a good spot whereas we have a lot of things that we need to tweak and improve. Correct. I think and I want to get into as cuz everybody's been breaking the games down, but I think getting into the fan experience of that that game one fourth quarter in a second, but I totally agree that the only way Golden State is pushing a panic button on their flight to, to Boston is if they're down 2 nothing. And to every point you just made is right, which is the Celtics are lucky to – not lucky. They're fortunate to have gotten one and to be in the position they're in coming home. But Golden State should not be afraid of being down, you know, down to home court advantage, if you will. So before we get into why, let's just talk about the second half of game one. More importantly, kind of the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter – have have you ever seen anything like that with the stakes that high in basketball in the NBA? Because I sure as hell have it. I don't think. No. Yeah. Same. I, I I just think just a like complete turnaround, and and it wasn't a complete turnaround in that like you know the game was always kind of in question before that happened. Even when Golden yes. State went on a run, you still thought the Celtics had enough time and that they were good for a run because we were. They, they were playing pretty good, you know what I mean? Like, so even though we were down 10, 15, we're still playing okay. Yep. And so, and so in that sense, you know, it wasn't like it was the complete opposite, but it was a barrage that just like, they just put it up to another level. So I, I haven't seen it. I've never seen anything like that. Right. It was honestly, I forget who I was talking to about this, but it's like, oh, I know. I was, I was talking about the Bruins series, you know, and, and, you know, we were the bad guys in a, in a sports movie about the Hurricanes. You know, like, they won yeah. in Game 7. You know, good for them. The, the Celtics basically in the fourth quarter of Game 1 of the NBA Finals, like, let's say that was Game 7 instead of Game 1, they were the good guys in their own sports movie, right? Like, that was, that was a yeah. sports movie ending to a playoff game where, I mean, the, the best part is, though, I mean, it, it, it took that to overcome what was – a terrible third quarter in game one, and obviously that reared its head again in game two, which we'll get into in a minute. But again, the Warriors definitely in game one came out with the we are not worried at all about this series attitude. And Al was just, the, the amount that he was open, 
throughout game one was the 180 degree opposite. And they were up in his chest all day behind the arc in game two. So the Warriors basically got a wake up call, but it felt amazing for the Celtics to have that like good guys in a sports movie moment and to steal game one, which they haven't done in the last two series. They lost the last two series game one. So it was nice to see. Um, and again, it's awesome that they did it. But let's go to game two, which is like the Warriors kind of played bad in the first half. And the Celtics didn't play much better because they turned the ball over. And it's a close game. And then two straight games coming out of the locker room, Golden State goes on a run. And this time there was no sports movie for the Celtics. So what are your takeaways from game two in general? And then what are your takeaways on like the third quarter shenanigans? Yeah, I think it just comes down to con- consistency. Like, like that's it. Like, that's all there is to it. And and I think that, you know, because there have been times, I, I will say this, you know, we talked, we, we broke down, you know, where, the, where we were between the two different games. But I'd say that the Celtics have looked like the better team when they're playing their at their best and 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 same for Golden State. So I think that the Celtics just look like they are a better team. But but they haven't been consistent in showing that. And so I think that where we stand in the series is if we can get consistent then we could win in 6. Nice. And, and, nice. And that's it. I like that. I agree with you. That, I mean again, it's turnovers and pr- the one thing the one stat that's kind of an aberration from the Celtics in game two was how poorly they shot from inside the three-point arc, percentage-wise. So, and I don't have it in front of me, but it was an historically bad shooting night from inside, from field goal attempts inside the three-point arc. So they actually weren't that bad from three. You had a really good game from Tatum, numbers-wise at least. Um, started off hot, so did Jalen Brown. But, like, you didn't have a bad game from your star, but yeah, basically everybody else had a bad game. And, and then the Warriors role players did what you usually do at home, which is they come out and play good at home, right? So yep. I, I think that's one other thing that bodes interestingly from, from this, this series is the Celtics had an off-the-charge aberration fourth quarter in game one, and they had an aberration field goal percentage from two in game two. And that goes to your point, which is if you can just play to your best – more often than not, you probably have enough to get this done. I do think that the degree of difficulty for the Celtics to sustain that is much more volatile than the Warriors, right? The Warriors have more room for error, I feel like. How do you feel about that? I, I, I think that you're comp- I think that's all, all that analysis is all spot on. The one thing I think that I would say is that a little bit different changes the series a little bit is the Celtic defense, right? Yes. So that's where they have been pretty consistent. Yes. And and so, and and you can say you know since January whatever. But um, if they if they can play their best there, then they're also in good shape, even without the the offensive consistency. So I I, I think that like I, that's that's the game seven's win scenario for me. It's like we don't fix the offense, but somehow we squeak it out on our defense, mm-hmm. which which that's kind of what happened in Miami. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think there's this – totally agree with you with what you added on there. Um, and, and I like that they have the defense to fall back on, especially with the next two games at home and potentially three out of the next four at home, which is if the role players for the Warriors 
don't have like out of body experiences and kind of regress to the mean. And if the Celtics defensive intensity is where it needs to be, then you really put it on. Is Clay going to break out of his shell, or is Steph going to go bananas, or you know whatever else? You know, does somebody else go nuts? But then again, that that requires an aberration game that you can't control. So again, if the Celtics take care of business, they got three out of four at home. The role player thing should go in their favor. Hopefully, let me ask you. Um, so a couple couple interesting characters to, to think about as we move forward here. So number one, Time Lord. Um, Robert Williams III, obviously not at 100%, giving us okay minutes. But, you know, do you think he needs to be any more than he's been? Or can they still find a way without him being, like, what he was against, you know, what he was in the regular season? Because that's like, that guy's probably not coming back this year. I think, I think that the shell of Robert Williams has still been – a a game changer when he's in there. So I don't think he's done anything to necessarily change a whole game, but I'm saying that like in the moments when he's there, it changes the dynamic so much on the floor still that I think that he, he has a a pretty big impact as is. Yeah, no, I think, I think as long as he can keep going and and, and give you what he can give you, it it helps. And I'm glad you feel that way. Um, Clay, I mentioned him briefly, you know, Clay is yet to actually kind of break out and get going. Clearly, if he becomes magical, like it sounds like Clay in the elimination games against both Memphis and Dallas kind of had like a turn back the clock to 2016 performance in each game. So maybe he's got one a series in him. But do you foresee Clay breaking out of kind of being a very pedestrian version of himself? And obviously, if he does, that probably doesn't bode well for the Celts. So, so right. I I, I see him as as coming out of his out of that shell and just you know not saying he, he goes back to his pinnacle but i think he puts in you know a couple of 25 point you know performances um but also you know knowing about my uh, how i am personally it's like i always see that potential in the opponent like they're gonna play to that you know crazy potential every time they play against me you know what i mean that's just how i am yeah, the heck but uh but I, I do think I do think Clay, you know, I think he's got the pride in the championship experience. I, I think he's going to put together some good games. Yeah, I totally agree. Which is why the Celtics really, to your point, have to get more consistent. Again, nothing rocket science here. Take care of the ball, d people yep. up, and then they got to knock down open shots like they did in the fourth quarter of Game One, like they did honestly throughout the playoffs when it mattered most. Right? I mean, they've they've been a good bounce back team, which I feel good about. Um, all right, let's get into, before we start getting into predictions and styles and things like that, clearly everybody in the world has been talking about, you know, the physicality that Draymond brought to game two and, you know, even the, you know, yeah, announcers and former referees openly discussing how referees look to not give a guy a second tech. So basically Draymond knew he could act crazy, I guess, unless LeBron was obviously in the game like four years ago. But, um, you know, do you, how... Do you think he's going to get away with that type of performance again in this series, or do you think they're going to be looking to give him a hook if he acts that way in Boston in Game Three or Four, or both? I think I, I expect that he's going to get away with some more, right? And um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it right there. I think that he's going to he's going to continue to get away with it, and it it 
it's to me it's part of the game you know yeah it's like, sure sure it's 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 part of the game so it's like it, he's gonna get away with it but guess what if we played consistently uh, offensively consistent offensively then we're hanging a banner you know what i mean so let Draymond do his childish stuff whatever you want to call it to help his team win if we play the right way we're gonna win correct i would just love it if there's a the NBA loves to do this, an overcorrection on him, and then, like, he's out of the game in the first eight minutes tomorrow night because that would just be, you know, it would just kind of balance out the he probably earned four technical fouls in game two um, and got one and a half, basically. It, it could go that way. Right. You know, it, it all, and, it, and it all depends on uh, – there's so many factors that go into it. And, like, who, what, if, what if he does try to clean it up for tomorrow, just, you know, knowing – See, I think if he cleans it up, I think if he cleans it up for tomorrow, there's a it's a better than average chance that they're going to get their butts kicked again because they they need they they seem to kind of need that for the rest of the guys in the team to defend at a different level than they defended in game one. You know, like they were feed, right. quote feeding off it. I just don't know. To your point, can he lay back and then like Steph Curry's still an animal on defense for 48 minutes or you know 42 minutes that he plays? I don't know. Right. Oh yeah. And, and that is a good point that you bring up as a side point. Steph Curry, I got this from my stat guy this afternoon. Steph Curry has been very improved on the very much so, bed. very much so. Got to give him, got to tip your hat to that, and that's phenomenal stuff from him. But again, if, if Draymond's mailing it in because he doesn't want to get a tech, is that unsetting the tone? It'll be interesting to watch it unfold. I guess is my point. But I totally agree that he's gonna. He's been doing what he does for a long time now, and, and frankly, I think. At least in the 15-16 era, he was actually a viable offensive threat he, from three and, and kind of, you know, in space, in creating spacing. But now, literally, people just sag off him like he's Rajon Rondo, uh, you know, circa 2011. <laughs> so Right. Oh, oh, he's been so bad for the three. It's, it's laughable and it's fun and it's fun to watch him to, to watch him miss. But I will say this. I do think Draymond is a very intelligent individual. Yes. I think he's smart enough to come out with intensity, but but keep the shenanigans at home. Who knows? I, I, but I do think that he could walk that line. Yeah. The interesting thing will be, you know, for better or for worse, the Boston crowd is going to try to break him. Now, I don't think he's like Kyrie and he will break. Um, I think he actually will love it and like, you know, like a wrestling heel and take it all in and and use it and enjoy it. But you know the crowd's going to try. And and if he has a bad night, it could be a fun night of chance. You know, it could be a fun night. Oh, if if he misses some some air balls in the garden. Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be that's going to be awesome. Right. right? Like I don't I'm think it's going to break him. I don't think it's going to phase him. But the 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 effect of the crowd will be phenomenal. Exactly. Yeah, I think it may not phase him, but it may give a, a jolt to you know that kind of energy. That'd be awesome. Agreed. It might lift some role players on our team, etc., which would be lovely. So I guess let's get into the one other elephant in the room: is the Celtics have actually been better on the road than at home. And the biggest glaring example of that was. It happened in the last two series, but specifically in the Miami series where you found a way to get it to three to two and you could have closed it out in the garden in game six and you didn't. And and it's like the Milwaukee one I'll give you because they had game seven at home in their back pocket and they forced the game six and it all worked out. But, you know, I, they haven't shown me yet besides the Nets series. They can close it at home and you would think with potentially three out of the next four at home – 
well, shoot, you know, you win, you, you win those three and you win the championship, but this team doesn't make me feel very good unless they get tomorrow night that they're even going to get one of these next two because they've been better on the road. So talk me down from that ledge. Ooh, I can't talk you down at all. That's what I, I'm I afraid just, of. I, honestly, what I can say is that it's maddening that if they, if they had played a little bit more consistently – through these playoffs, you could have seen them. You could have seen them shave, you know, two games off. Yes, yes, yes. You know, out of the games that they played. Now, what does that do to a Robert Williams? You know, what I mean? Marcus Smart's banged up. So that's the kind of thing that's maddening. You don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth because we're in the NBA Finals, of course, right? So of it's course. like we got there. That's the most important thing. But wow, I so so I I just. I, I just wish I could say I wish I could be you know a little bit more cheery about this, but I, I think that it's going to go seven. You know, That's which is I actually am totally cool with the going seven. I it just it goes back to our conversation the other night, I guess last week actually, which was if you come out of the first four two to two, no matter what order they happen in, you know it becomes a best of three series. Even if even if only one of the remaining is in Boston, like. I like my chances because I like us in the, on the road to get one more. You know what I mean? Um, especially if there's seven games. So I just need them to win one of these two, but it would be lovely if they got tomorrow night and then we can start getting greedy again. And also the stress watching, right? Like I felt unbelievable on Sunday night because I'm watching the game. It's the third quarter. We're down by 15. I'm like, okay, well, I'll be super stressed for game two. And then they had their amazing fourth quarter. And I'm like, wow. I'll be stressed for game two because I want them to win it. But if they don't win it, we did our job. Now, yep. if they lose tomorrow night and it's basically a must win in game four, that's going to make for a really stressful couple of days for all of us. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Give me game yeah, three. I, I can, my, my shoulders are tightening just as you're going yeah. through those scenarios. Like I can just feel myself getting. But you know what? That's that's what you love about sports. Of that's course. What I watch, right? If a of team, course. if, if, your team or the person that you're rooting for won every single time, it wouldn't be fun. wouldn't be fun at all. No, no, no. That's exactly right. I just – I would – it's funny. The other night when they were losing in game one, third quarter, I said, you know, besides the Nets series, I'm like, they just, these guys just can't take control of a series. They're always playing catch-up. And then obviously in Miami they actually had a chance to take control and they didn't. But, but then they won game one and I'm like, oh, my God, they took control of the series. You know, so if they could ever, ever, ever put up two here, now it's like, well, we won one at your place and you haven't won one at our place. I'm just saying you've got a chance here to to really test their mettle. And the flip side, what I'm afraid of is if they pull a two for here, it really puts the Celtics back against the wall, which part of me loves because then then I know we're going to get their best. But part of me is like, dude, that would really stink if we're down three to one heading back to San Francisco. I'm just I'm. Really, 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 really nervous they're not going to get one at the Garden, which sucks because I really hope they can get two. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I think, they're gonna, I, I think that they're going to get one at the Garden, like for sure. Um, hope so. I agree I, with I you. I hope so. But, but, but what I will say is that I, I do feel like the Celtics have, like, they're closing, obviously they're closing that experience gap. Right, yeah, of course. Because they've, they've, they've weathered some storms. They've played a couple of NBA Finals games now. So I do think that they can can get it together and play consistent, more consistent. It's just it's just they have to stretch that into more games, you know, three yeah. games in a row. But we'll see. But I, I think 
I would bet on them getting one in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I, I think most likely scenario is we're heading back for game five, tied 2-2. Two to two. And honestly, going back to our conversation last week, I will take that. Million percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. Exactly. So if they can do that, I'm good with it. So predictions for you, and I'm not asking for point spreads or anything like that, but I feel like we're both in the same spot where we're probably only willing to say it's gonna be tied it's gonna be tied up after game four. But what do you think in terms of do they get game three? Do they get game four? Any other thoughts coming like or or, or storylines that you're excited to kind of see here in Boston as the finals come back for the first time in 12 years? So, so, um, game three, I think we win game four. We lose. Okay. I think Derek white continues his good, his great play. That's, I think that'll be one of the storylines story that I'm, that I'm keeping an eye on because I think that like, it's almost like, we don't lose. Obviously, we lose the defensive play of the year when Marcus Martz goes out. Yeah. But at this point, our de- our defensive unit is so good that it's like Derek White may be a loss, but that just gives somebody else a chance to shine, Tatum to shine a little bit more on the defensive end. Yeah, you know, and and so so yeah, I think I think that's the storyline, and and uh, that's where I fall for sure. I like that. The only other storyline are like. It's a retro, you know. It's a reg, it's a regurgitated storyline, right? But we're due for because it's been you know now two and a half, you know, a series and a half. We're probably due at some point here for an unconscious corner three night from Grant Williams. Um, you know, I'm not Ooh. I'm not banking on it, but I'm just saying yeah. if role players are going to role play at home uh, and they're going to go off a little bit. You know, I, I think that to your point about Derek White, he's almost graduated from role player to, like, incredibly trusted sixth or seventh man. Yep. I think Williams, from an offensive standpoint, is still very much a role player. Um, but if he gives you that lift that you got from Al and Derek, obviously, and a little bit of Marcus in game one, you know, he's given you next to nothing offensively in the first two games. You know, that could be an X factor at home in the next two. I'd say watch out for that one. But the Derek Derek White is a great take because as good as he plays, it to your point, it just gives somebody a breather without really losing any quality that's noticeable. I, you know, and I and I like your take because I do think as 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 a Boston fan, like like um Grant Williams is definitely a guy you can like kind of get behind and chair for a hundred percent. And and he's he's had some big moments defensively and offensively. So um, yeah, I'm rooting for that. That'd definitely. be huge. I mean, if you can get one more kind of, you know, what you need is obviously you need you need Tatum to be good the rest of the way, just to take the pressure off the other guys. And then if somebody can go off, and then you don't throw the ball all over the court like you did in the first half the other night. Again, all manageable things. You, Let's you know. clean up these turnovers. Let's yeah. clean up these turnovers, right? Um, and, and come out with the same defensive intensity. Tatum's gonna string together a couple of good games. Yeah. But if 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 we can clean up those turnovers, those stupid, you know, right. it's, like it's three points, three right? Three four in a row. Oh, that's the thing. Nobody nobody can go from up ten to tied or from tied to down ten faster than the 2022 Boston Celtics in the playoffs. And, and, and unbelievable at it. And like, it's just like, hey, let's just turn the ball over and not get a shot up. 
four trips in a row. If you can just literally eradicate two of those bad trips and you just at least get a shot up, you know, if you miss a shot, you miss a shot. But if it's like turnover, offensive foul, turnover, turnover, what are we doing? You know, to your, so to your point, nobody's good enough defensively to overcome that. So just to your point, fix that. <laughs> fix that. Just fix it. I know the Warriors are trying hard too, but fix that, you know? <laughs> Good Lord. So anyway, all right. So I think we're in the same spot. We got a very likely scenario of, of where we were going six or seven and a very likely scenario. It's probably going to take seven if the Celtics can get one. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with making it a best of three. I'm excited. The finals are coming back to the garden. And I'm excited to see where we end up after the weekend. So when you and I connect before what is guaranteed to be a game five, so we're going to do another pod no matter what happens in the next two games. No matter what happens. We're going to have a game five, and then depending on what happens in the next two games, we're going to know if we're doing a six or a, you know, whatever. So here I'm we go. It. Here we go, man. I love it. All right, brother. Well, let's, uh, let's definitely make a plan to talk before game five in terms of with the people here on the, uh, the old podcast. But otherwise, I mean, I just wish you and the, the green team over there at your house all the luck for Game 3 tomorrow night. It's going to be a big one. Appreciate it. Same to you. All right, man. 